Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Hey, it's good to see all of you. Sorry, my name's David and uh, so glad that you're here today. Um, Hey, can we give the worship team a big hand? They're just, that was just phenomenal. Just incredible, incredible, incredible. We're starting this new series called Heroes. And the idea comes out of, in Hebrews chapter 11, we've got a list of people in the Old Testament that are men and women that walked by faith. And I just want, as we go into Easter, for us to take this season and be inspired, encouraged by some of these Old Testament narratives and just ask God to increase our faith. I believe we're walking in an amazing season at Radiant Church. I think that we're uh, just, we're gonna continue to see God work supernaturally. And I just want us to kind of get inspired by some of these heroes, and that's the reason for the title, Heroes of the Faith. And so in Hebrews 11, the author of Hebrews writes out some of their stories, and that'd be a great a great text to read. And then when we get to Hebrews 12, he gives an application. So it's, here's some of the heroes of the faith. Here's the way that they live their lives. And then we get a therefore. And I want to read that therefore, then I'm going to pray. And we're going to take some time uh, today and look at the life of Abraham. All right, so let's read it. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, it says this, it says, therefore. So gives all of these different examples of faith. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. Say perseverance. Perseverance. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Listen to the way the message says it, because I like the way the message talks about our cheering section. Listen to this. Do you see what this means? All the pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it, strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we ask Lord that you would help us to run our race. Lord, as each of us are running the race that you have for us, God, we honor you. We love you. We pray that you would help us to not quit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So have you ever had a cheering section, like ever had people that were cheering you on and by virtue of them cheering you on, you gained strength, the camaraderie, the friendship, the people, hey, way to go. That's kind of the idea here. And And I want us to take a minute and imagine what it would be like if we could look at these different stories of this kind of this cheering section that exists in heaven. And that's kind of the idea that the writer of Hebrews is saying here. He's saying, you're running your race right now, present tense, 2019, where you live, Kansas City. I mean, you're running a race. You've got 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years on planet earth. You're in the middle of your race. And then he's giving this idea, this imagery of men and women of the faith that have already run their race and they're cheering you on. That's the idea. 
It's this idea that they're, they're shouting you down. They're, they're encouraging you as you run your race. And so the idea of this series is, what would it look like if we were to take some of the different Old Testament narratives, some of the people that ran their race, and if they were to kind of step out of the stands and come take a lap in your race with you, what would they say? Like, how would they encourage you? Like, what would their story be? And so today I want us to take a moment and look at like Abraham and what it would look like if Abraham were to encourage us. And I want us just to look at three different scenes from his life. And the idea is if he were to look at us and just say, all right, I have finished my race. I'm cheering you on. Here's what God is like. Don't quit. Run with perseverance. Don't stop. Trust God. That's where we're going to go with Abraham, who's known as as the father of faith. He's the example of faith that we have in the Old Testament. I was thinking about this idea of cheering on. And uh, one of the moments where I felt extremely cheered on was actually when we came to Kansas City and started Radiant Church. And we're a part of two different networks. We're a part of the Radiant Network, which is headquartered in Kalamazoo. And then we're a part of the ARC Network, which is headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama. And And so these networks help plant churches. And so when God called us to step out and plant a church, I didn't realize that we would kind of join all of these different people and pastors that were cheering us on. So on the first day of Radiant Church, which was September 16th, no, September 18th, 2016, I was up here bringing this message. I don't know what I was saying, but I do know that my pocket was buzzing the entire time. It was like, buzz, 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 buzz. And I was just trying to focus. But when I got done with the message, I literally went backstage and it was honestly like 60 text messages of people just like, we're praying for you. We're excited. Hey, Radiant's getting started today. Hey, we're believing for you. Hey, it's so awesome. And all of a sudden I could kind of feel this, man, I got some people I don't even know cheering me on. Like, that's a great, that's a great moment. It's that idea of, These people, and I want you to kind of see that, like here you are running your race and this imagery in Hebrews 11 of these people who have run their race and this cloud of witnesses cheering you on. It's similar to if you're like sitting with a cheering section, like for us with Renata and I and our kids, when one of our kids is in ballet and another one is singing or our boys are in sports, it's like you're the cheering section for your kid. And you feel obligated to be cheering for every kid, but you're really cheering for your kids so much, right? And so then there's the kid comes up, does the ballet, hey, and that's the cheering section. Or the sport, you're cheering your son or your daughter on, basketball game or whatever, you're cheering them on. And so this imagery that we have here is that idea of that they're cheering us on. And so here's the idea, what would it look like if we were to take just a few stories from Abraham? And we were to look at his relationship with God and the way that he walked by faith in his time. And we were to develop some encouragement by what he would say, what it might look like. So I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 12, because I believe that today we're going to look at how to persevere and what Abraham might say in the context of this idea in Hebrews 11 and 12 of persevering. In Hebrews 12 too, it's therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The, the message says, let's never quit. 
The New American Standard says, let us run with endurance. And all of us know our temptation to veer out and stop walking by faith. We may have had a season where we walked by faith. There may have been a moment where we took a risk, but it's this journey of being close enough to God, having a right idea of what God looks like, stepping out in obedience over and over and over again and persevering, running the race that God has for us. And as I'm praying for Radiant Church, I'm just seeing God wanting us to step out of what's familiar into what's unfamiliar, out of what's comfortable into what's a bit uncomfortable, out of what's certain into what's a little bit uncertain because it's in that place that God says, now I can move. Now I'll be at work among you. I wanna be at work. So Abraham, he's a story of persevering, of being faithful. On Friday night, um, my family and I watched a documentary of the life of Billy Graham. And so he lived to be 99 and last year went to be with the Lord. And so I'm watching this with my children and I love these images of Billy Graham who as a young man is preaching the gospel and feeling tense with people and he's telling people about Jesus and he's, you know, six foot something, looks like an actor and he's just screaming, the Bible says, and people are giving their lives to Jesus. And then you can see him in this documentary a little bit older and, and then a little bit older and a lot older. And, and then there's this moment where he's in his 80s and early on, he's this young kid preaching, telling people about Jesus. And I just, my favorite image in the documentary was his last crusade, 2005, where he's no longer has the strength to stand, but he's seated and he's saying the same thing about open up your heart to Jesus. And there's thousands of people and he's in his late 80s and he's seated and he's persevering and he's finishing his race. And you've got a race to run. And so you've got, little window of time on planet earth. I've got a race to run. And my dream with this series is that we would be inspired by the heroes of the faith that have gone before us and that all of us would listen into maybe some of the narratives of their life and figure out ways that we can press on, not quit, persevere, be inspired by the word of God to be faithful in what God's called you to. And at Radiant Church, our dream is to take you on a journey to help you know God, that you would walk with him, that you would have real relationship with God, that that wouldn't be theoretical, but that you'd spend time with him and know and walk with him. And that you, the way we say it, find freedom, that you would be connected in relationships that help you grow in your faith and actually become a disciple that looks more like Jesus and we want to help you be able to articulate, be able to say, this is what I think God's called me to do. Billy Graham, he's, he's, he's an evangelist with, with big tents and creating ways to proclaim the gospel. And the way that I feel like God's called me to serve is this, and that we would help you do that. And then you would sacrificially lay your life down to make a difference for what lasts for eternity and not just time. And you live in a culture that's telling you to live for you, but to live for Jesus looks different. And so we want to take you on that journey and I just picture what it would be like for Abraham to just give us these three scenes from his life, these, these moments where you can see what God is like and Abraham's faithfulness. I, I think of one more story, and that's my, uh, my grandfather. When I was in college, um, 
I got a, a package in the mail, it had a cassette tape. And I open it up and my, my grandfather, who was a, a pastor and a, a, a follower of Jesus, and he was actually what Katie was articulating a moment ago about singing my way into praise. He was someone who was always singing. I'll never forget. He was the first person I ever saw raise their hands in worship. And I was like, can you do that? Is that, that's what, you know? And I just remember he was, you know, my grandpa, we called him Papa, you know, and he'd raise his hands and I was just kind of like, what is that? You know, like, and he, he was just, and he would sing loud. Like most of us would sing just, you know, we'd just kind of like, God is so good. We had hymnals, you know, God is so good. But he'd be like tears, you know, coming down his eyes and he'd be like, expressive and, and I could see this spiritual vitality in, inside of him. Anyway, so when he was in his uh, 80s, he sent me in the mail this cassette of him giving me some thoughts, giving me some wisdom as I was headed into ministry. And I'll never forget taking that cassette tape, playing it in my 1991 red Ford Mustang. Those were, those were some fun days. Uh, and driving around Oklahoma City and listening to Papa's cassette, and he talked to me about his encounters with God, and he talked about the Word of God and loving the Scriptures, and one of my favorites was he told stories about serving his wife, and, and he was giving me insight. He was, he was giving me wisdom. He was giving me thoughts, and I want to say, what, 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 what would we hear if, 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 if we could look into the life of Abraham and look at his relationship with God and look at his journey and just get some of his thoughts, some of his insight. What might he say to you if you were to run your lap over the course of the next five weeks? We're going to take just different characters from the scriptures and let them run a lap with us. And first scene I want to look at is Genesis chapter 12. Let's look at this. This is when God calls him. It says this, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. I don't know if Abram in this moment is even able to comprehend. Here he is. I mean, a pretty average guy. God chooses him. And he gets this promise of blessing, but there's a command on the front end to go. And if it's you or me, it's pretty hard to leave your land, what you know, everything that's familiar. And Abram's journey is this command to leave what's familiar and go to what's unfamiliar. Leave what's certain, go to what's uncertain and go to a place that I'll show you. Not even like go to this place, but just leave and in the future tense, as you're in process, then I'm going to show you. And in our journeys of faith, we have moment after moment where God tells us to go. He says, follow. He says, go. And there's a lot of different things. Sometimes it's moments in terms of maybe it's geographical but a lot of times the way that I see it is you're going against what 
is certain. You're going, guess what? You can know with your own head. When you can measure the way your life should be, you live in a culture that says, live for yourself, live for now, live for comfort, live for me. And the very idea of being a God follower, of having a relationship with God, of spending time knowing, knowing him, walking with him, is that he's constantly telling you to live by faith and you're having to leave familiar, live for self, familiar, put all my money towards me, familiar, put all my attention towards what I want, what I care about, and stepping into a life of faith where I trust that when I talk to God, he actually hears, step into a life of faith, of giving of my time or my dollars towards the things of eternity, step out in faith and actually return love when evil is done toward me. All of those things are things where you're having to step out into what's a little bit unfamiliar because you live in a culture where it's fight for me, fight for self. And the whole journey of faith is stepping out. And God, I'll, I'll go. I'll leave. I'll leave what I know. I'll leave what's easy and I'll trust. Now, I think the first thing that Father Abraham would say to you and me as he ran the race would come out of Genesis 12 where he'd go, God is trustworthy. You can trust him. And what we do is we go, it's easy to say, tell you what, I'll trust when I can see all the details. God, if you'll fill in the blanks, then I'll go. And he says, I want you to go to a place I'll show you. Like you step out in faith and you take that first step and you obey. You trust me enough to obey even when you can't see all the details, even when all those blanks are not filled in, even when you don't know exactly how things are gonna turn out. And our temptation is to go, if you'll show me how the blessings are gonna play out, if you'll prove to me that there'll be blessings, then I'll go. And he says, no, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm doing a relationship here and I want you to trust me. And Abraham didn't get to see before he left. He didn't get to see Isaac. He didn't get to see, oh, you'd be the father of many descendants and great nation. All he got is just go and here's the promise. I'm gonna bless. And in our journey of faith, so often we'll go, I'll obey once I know. And he says, trust in me, obey when you can't see all the details. No, 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 but God, I'm really smart. No, no, God says, I'm omniscient. <laughs> no, 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 God, I, I, I'll take care. No, no, I'll take care. No, 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 but stop. Trust me, take a step. And I imagine for Abram leaving everything that he knows to be obedient, to trust a God that says, I'm gonna bless you. I want you to go. And I wanna invite you to even begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what does it look like for you in this season to trust God and step in faith? Because the blessings that Abram saw were after he left. They were after he said, okay, I'll go. And that's the way of the scriptures. That's the, it's God saying, come on, trust in me. And it's over and over again. It's in our relationships it's in our prayer life. Okay, I'm gonna come before you and I'm gonna verbalize to you my anxieties. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give to people in need when I could use what I have to take care of this need. Okay, I'm gonna return kind words to that person that said mean words and is stepping out 
in faith over and over again to say, okay, I'm gonna just do this your way. You say go, I'll go. I'll be obedient. I'll trust you. And then on the backside, there's, you would say, I would never trade it. Abram would go, no, after I left, whoo, God gave me Isaac and all the miracles that have taken place. And there's the great story in Genesis 22, which is where we're going, where there's the ram and the thicket. The miracles were on the other side of trusting and stepping out in obedience. And your miracles are on the other side and it's taking these leaps of faith and it's on the back end that you go, I would never trade it. When Jesus called the disciples, hey, Peter, follow me. James, John, Matthew, Thomas, hey, follow me. Oh, the absurdity for them in that moment to say, Jesus, my name's Peter. I'm a fisherman. I'll go, but show me that I'll get a better fishing business. Show me that everything's gonna go okay for me. Show me, show me how it's all gonna work out for me and then I'll go. Peter doesn't get that. John, same thing. Matthew, tell you what, show me how, if I leave tax collecting, show me, show me how my retirement's gonna work out. Show me that maybe I'll get some more friends because I'm kind of lacking. He doesn't get that. Here's what they get. Follow me. And on the backside, oh man, there would be no trading. We saw Jesus feed the 5,000. We saw Jesus do miracles. Peter's going, I walked on water for a second. I mean, I, I, we, with Mount of Transfiguration, we saw, we, God used us to be proclaimers in the book of Acts. And uh, I wouldn't trade anything, but oh, in the moment where there's just a follow it's only in the back end that you go miraculous things, God at work. And Abram, I think if he's running that lap with you and me, he's going, you're not as smart as you think. God's smarter than you think. God is trustworthy. Trust him. Take a step of faith and go. Yeah, but, 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 but I, I want to see it. I think part of why we tend to not walk by faith so much, even in our culture, it's because we live in the information age and we have information available to us more than any other generation in history. And so it's very easy for us just to just get info real quick. And sometimes we look to God that way. Like I'll, once I get the info, once I get it, once I understand it in my brain, then I'll take a step. And yet the journey of faith is hearing the word from God, listening and obeying when you don't know all the details. It's like that with our, our phones right now, right? How most of us have the, the Maps app and you just put in where you wanna go and then boom, you get directions right there. And it's not just, I mean, it's good directions. It's like as you're driving, it's like, and it's usually like a British voice, like in three miles, turn right, you know, that kind of thing. And you're just like, I love this. This is exactly where to go. And that's what we want from God. I'll tell you what, if you if you if you'll give me exactly and I can see it and I know exactly how long it's gonna take and I know if there's gonna be traffic and I know, and, and if I can do all the math ahead of time, then I'll go. And God goes, no, 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 no. I want you to trust a person, not a plan. I want you to trust me. Oh, but God, you're just kind of my resource to get what I want. No, I want a relationship. Ah, oh, I'm God, you're not. Ah, oh, it's stepping out of faith because he's trustworthy. And I think Father Abraham, scene one, 
looks at you, looks at me, goes, okay, here's what you need to get. Your temptation is gonna use your own mind, your own abilities, and not to trust, but God is trustworthy. You can trust him. He's faithful. I like to say it this kind of way, illustration-wise. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if, you had a, if you had a lamp at night and you were to walk with a guide and you're walking and you can just see what's in front of you and God's walking with you and I am your shield. That's what he's gonna say in Genesis 15. I am your shield, your exceedingly great ward. I'm gonna protect you. I'm your light. Our temptations go, I'll obey when I get a spotlight. We want a spotlight. We wanna be able to see all the way to the end. If I can see to the end, then I'll walk by faith. And God goes, no, 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 no. That's not faith in me. That's you just trusting what you can see. And friends, you will walk by faith or by sight. You will choose one of them. In your life, you're either gonna be someone that goes, I'm gonna walk by faith in God, or you'll say, I'm gonna walk by my own sight. I I don't trust. You'll end up choosing one or the other. And the constant encouragement from the heroes of faith in the Hebrews 11 text would be, don't trust self, trust God. Don't walk by sight, walk by faith. God can do more as you walk by faith than what you can accomplish with your own cognitive abilities. Walk by faith, trust him. I like to say it this way. When my son Justice was two years old, his favorite thing to do was to go swimming. And so when he was requesting to go swimming, he would look at me and he would, with the cutest face, say, swimming? And he, he only knew like a few words, but one of them he knew was swimming. And he'd look at me and what I would do is I would take my keys, I'd get down on one knee and I'd say, Justice, take my keys. You drive yourself in the suburban to Lifetime Fitness. Here's a map on how to get there. Go ahead, hand this gold card, which dad has never used, (laughs) to the person there, and then enjoy yourself. Dive in the deep end. Have a great time. No. Now, when two-year-old Justice just says swimming, what he's saying is, dad, you take me swimming. What he's saying is, dad, you put me in the burb, that's what we call it. You put me in the burb and you know the way to lifetime fitness and you know how to get me to the pool. Dad, you are the smart one. I'm just the one that gets to ride in the burb, right? And here's the reality. We are, even though you think you're very bright compared to the God of the universe, you are not that bright. And he knows all things and his ways are higher than your ways. And when you step out in faith, what you're saying is, I know, (laughs) I know that I'm two years old. I'm just getting in the burb and I'm going to trust you. You know how to get there. I trust you. And our temptations go, I want to go my way. This is, this is, and God goes, shut up and get in the burb. I, I, I got you. No, 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 I got this. I've got a driver's license. I can handle this. I got you. I want to invite you in your journey of faith, like a child, say, God, I'm going I'm to trust you. I'm going to go. I, and, and in every area of your life that requires faith, I, I, God, I'm going to step out. And God, in the area of prayer, I'm going to believe that you hear. 
I'm gonna believe that you answer. God, in the area of loving my enemies. God, in the area of believing for miracles. God, in the area of responding with kindness to my spouse when I feel like this is so hard. I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna step out in faith and I'm gonna believe that you are who you say you are and I'm gonna walk by faith, not by sight. The invitation today is to walk by faith. The enemy will constantly lie to you and say, don't walk by faith, you walk by sight. You're smarter than you think. You're better than you think. God's smaller than you think. And the truth is, God, I'll step out. I'm gonna walk by faith. And I think Abram, running that lap, could look back at Genesis 12 and go, ah, no regrets. So glad I didn't stay. So glad I was obedient. So glad I obeyed God. Then we get to this moment in Genesis 15 and it's kind of the second moment I wanna highlight in his life. And this is a moment where all those blessings in Genesis 12 from God are promised. And you can imagine, here we get a little bit later, now he's 99 years old, 99, no children. And the temptation is, what is the deal with God? Where are you? I obeyed, I received the promises, I obeyed. And it seems like your promises are delayed. It seems like you're not coming through for me. And there's this moment where God speaks to Abram. And I want you to hear it. Abraham says, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Just that simple idea. I am your shield. I'm your exceedingly great reward. And our temptation is to go, you know what? My reward is the blessing. My reward is all these other things. And the, the word received from God is, Abram, never forget this. Your reward is not the blessing. Your reward is a person. Your reward is me. And so here's Abram. And in the middle of the delayed blessing, he gets this word. It's relationship. It's God. And I want to encourage you that for many of us, it feels like the blessing is delayed. It feels like, how come, how come it seems like I'm, I'm saying yes on this journey but it doesn't feel like I'm receiving the blessing as quickly or in my time frame, the time frame that I feel like I should have it in. And here's the word from God. It's this, don't forget this. Your, your blessing, your reward is God first above everything else. And I see this so much among specifically young people. It's so easy to come before God and say, God, I'll choose you if I get this. And I think God would look at you and say, mm, never forget, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And especially when you're about to go through challenges and hardships, we gotta get this lodged in us because oftentimes the blessing is delayed, the circumstance, I, didn't, I, I can imagine for Abraham, 99, not just, at that point, it's not even like multiple kids, it's no children. And there's that temptation to be, what's up, God? What's the story? And in your life, the temptation is to be like, what's the deal? Circumstance didn't turn out quite like I thought with the, when, the, when I heard the promises and a rudder, a, I mean, a, a deep 
something that you believe. I mean, an anchor for you is to lock in with what said to Abraham. Abram, never forget this. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. And so I think for Abraham, it's locked in with, all right, my reward is relationship. It's not, God is just the resource to my happiness. God is the relationship that I live for. And God, if things go on your timetable, not mine, I trust you. God, if circumstance turns out different than I thought it would, I trust you. And then this last kind of window I want you to see is Genesis 22. And it says this. It's just kind of a long one. Let me read it. Because here's this last one. And this is the famous one, but I so love where this ends. And I think this gives us a window into what God is like. It says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. And early the next morning, Abraham got up early and loaded his donkey, which is just a great point right there. I mean, look at how far Abraham has come. Here is the most horrific, I mean, just to, just to even hear this command. And Abram is that quick to obey early the next morning. It says, he took, him with, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the, play, the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship. And then here's the phrase that's fun to catch. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Interesting. We will worship. I got a command. And then we, we're gonna come back to you. Here's Abraham possessing a confidence in the goodness of God that is baffling. I think Abraham running that race with us, look at us and say, hey, God is trustworthy. Hey, God is your reward. And this one, I think he would say, God is good. I, I, there's a lot of different commentaries on this moment, but here's when I read this and I look at just the way this story unfolds. Here is this boy that is his son of promise. This is Isaac, the son that God miraculously gave to Abraham and Sarah at ages 99 and 89. I mean, old age, it's, it was a miracle. And way back, the promise that he would be the father with descendants as much as the stars in the sky. And here's this boy that's the promise. And Abraham loves him. And God even says in this moment, you've got the, the son that you love. It's language of God knowing how much he loves him. And I, I, mean, I read that story and man, my heart gets just like all tied up in knots when I read this story. And I think when I read this and the text talks about how God went to test Abraham, which makes me believe, I think God is good. And I don't, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think it's in God's heart for that to take place. But I think Abraham goes all the way to the place of obedience. And there's this moment where when we read it here in Genesis 22, where Abraham is gonna go and be obedient in faith to what seems unthinkable. Knife raised and then suddenly ram in the thicket. And I, 
don't sacrifice that boy. Here's the ram. And I think the whole time, Abraham, he's got this confidence in God's goodness. He's got this confidence that I don't know why God would tell me to go up Mount Moriah with my boy. I can't, I can't understand this, but he's got this confidence. He even says to the servants, we're coming back. And the writer of Hebrews, he says this in Hebrews 11, when he talks about it, listen to this. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac on a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And here, verse 19, this is the part that I want you to see. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. Abraham reasoned, like he's like, I guess, I guess God's going to raise him from the dead. I don't know how God's going to do what God said that he's going to do, but I've got confidence that God is good. And he may just raise this boy back and we're going to be back. We're coming back. But there's this bedrock conviction in the goodness of God. And I just think we're running that lap. If Abraham, Hebrews 11, he's looking down at you running your race. And therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so we might run our race with perseverance. I think he looks at you and he goes, hey, listen, you can trust God. He's trustworthy. <sighs> Breathe. God, I trust you. Hey, the blessings that you'd hope for, they might feel delayed. It's not coming to fruition quite like you thought. And life looks more complex. I, God, I thought I was going to get this miracle by now. Where's my boy? Where's the descendants? I'm 99. Hey, I'm your reward. All right. God, you're really gonna tell me to do this? You're really gonna tell me to do something that seems insane? Doesn't make any sense? Early the next morning. Early the next morning. Why? He was obedient because by then Abraham reasoned. Maybe he's going to just raise him from the dead. Abraham looked at the servants. Hey, we're coming back. I don't know how God's going to do this, but I know that he's good. And I just, makes you fall in love with God. Makes you go, ah, God, you know all things and I don't. And you have all power and I don't. And I can trust you in my relationship that's so hard right now, in my financial challenge that I cannot do the math of how this is gonna work out, in my situation where it feels like things are pressing all around me. And here's what I want you to see from Father Abraham. You can trust him. He's your reward. And there's a lot of blessings along the way. But you didn't sign up for the blessing. You signed up for God. And in that process, he goes, tell you what, I'll, I'll bless you. He wants relationship more than anything. You want relationship more than you want blessing. You want him. You're my reward. And you too, by the time you're an old person and you've seen God be faithful, 
over and over and over and over again. It's just quicker to just say, I don't know how it's gonna work out. But I know God's been good before. I know that God is good. And I can't do the math as to how this is gonna play out, but I'm gonna obey even when it seems crazy. After the last service, one of the older men in our church came up and said, that's what God is like. And I wanna look at the young men here. The young women, I want you to know, hey, a life of stepping out in faith, a life of walking out. God, I trust you. I'm not gonna be the person that walks by my own sight. I'm gonna walk by faith. And you'll be in your 80s, 90s, teary, saying, hey, didn't turn out just like I thought. The blessing looked a little bit different. Kind of thought I might have kids at a younger age. Kind of thought that I wouldn't have to do that whole Mount Moriah thing. Kind of, I never imagined how it would go, but here I, here's where I stand. He's faithful. He's good. And my faith is in God. And I want to invite you not to quit. Run your race. Step out in faith. Keep believing. Believe in those miracles. Press on. Invest that time in prayer. But that takes faith. Yeah, it does. Reading the scripture every day takes faith. Yeah. Loving my enemies takes faith. Yep. Sacrificially giving my time to serve others. Yep. Loving people that are mean. Yep. Giving sacrificially. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And we say, God, my trust is not in my way. I'm not gonna walk by sight. I'm gonna walk by faith, not my way. I'm gonna do this thing your way. We stand with me and let's just pray together. I wanna just pray that God increases our faith today. We just hold out your hands just like this. Father, we ask as a church today that we would walk by faith, not by sight. We ask today in our generation here in our city that we would be marked as a people with supernatural faith. So come, help us. Give us supernatural strength to believe. I pray, Lord God, for the ministries that are in this house that are still to be birthed. Give us faith. God, I pray, Lord, for the miracles that you want to do if we'll just lay hands on the sick and pray the miracles that are still forthcoming. God, give us the faith to step out. God, the people that need to come to faith that still don't know Jesus and we're the heralders, we're the bold ones that you have put in position to proclaim the gospel. Help us persevere. Walk by faith. God, we love you. Now, would you just take one moment and would you just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal just what's one idea or one application for you as you go into this next week? It's one thing. Now, will you give God your yes? Yes, God. I'll do it. I'll obey. Quickly. I won't delay. Just like Abraham, I just... Early the next morning, I'll obey. I want to invite you tomorrow, early tomorrow morning, I'll obey. If you just keep your eyes closed and if you're here today and 
you wanna go on the journey of walking with Jesus. Maybe you've walked not by faith. You've been a person that's walked by your own sight. You're tired. You're heavy. You're going, I can't do this. Well, there's good news for you. None of us can. We're all dependent on Jesus and he's the one that changes us and he's the one that gives us supernatural strength. He's the one that promises that we'll be with him in eternity forever and he is our hope. And today, if you wanna put your hope in Christ rather than your hope in self, I wanna invite you to just begin a journey with Jesus by praying this prayer, developing this relationship, start the conversation. Just standing where you're at, if you would just say this to God, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. I wanna be a person of faith. So I don't wanna go my way. I choose to go your way. Save me today. I wanna spend an eternity with you and I wanna know you now. Be my Lord and my savior. And I'll follow you in Jesus' name.